Hello and welcome everybody to Paranormal Analytical. I'm your host, Ed Hill, along with mother host. We have the great and talented Rick Warren. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Rick? I am doing good. How's Eddie Hill doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Uh, we just uh, took my daughter out for uh, her 16th birthday, and it was pretty cool because we went to Red Lobster. I haven't eaten there in so long, so it was really good to get out of the house and actually go sit down and have a bite to eat, which is not something that we do very much anymore, especially with all these lockdowns. And uh, I did send a link out over to uh, James, but uh, he hadn't uh, responded yet, so he may be out and about or may be busy already. But uh, apologize to everybody for being late, but we had to go out and eat and have a good time, and that we did. And uh, we've got uh, some great well, topics tonight. That uh, that is just that is just okay, Eddie. Sweet sixteen only comes once one time. That's it. Absolutely. Well, tonight we're going to do your topic on what you were wanting to talk about on the effects of physics or psychics. No, psychics, mediums, psychics, yeah, and mm -hmm. profits and its effect mm -hmm. on society. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. And I know that you've been doing some reading on it rick and uh i think it's gonna be pretty cool oh yeah hey we got a uh, real quick on in the chat we got uh kelly trevino who is one of my partners out on the street and uh hey kelly how you doing doing good appreciate it and uh glad to have you uh jumping over here on the chat we're gonna have to put you on to the show one of these times kelly since you love the paranormal so much and we're gonna knock that out of the park as soon as we get an opportunity but uh rick go ahead and start off on what you're gonna talk about Okay. Hey, thank you, Eddie. Uh, hello, Kelly. Thanks for joining us and everything that uh, I love fellow and uh, fellow people that love the paranormal. Eddie and I just, yeah, that's, that's our thing. So you're welcome. You really are. Uh, tonight, Eddie, I, you're right. I did some looking, I did some digging, I did some uh, research on um, what actually happens and what has transpired since the beginning of time almost uh we see the effects of these type of people throughout history and eddie this goes clear back to the greeks this goes way 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 back and they were first known as oracles and oracles had a lot to do with the primary uh they affected the the governmental state they affected uh, the military and um Let's, let's get the definition of what an oracle is, okay? An or oracle is a priest or a priestess acting as a medium through which advice or prophecy was sought from the gods in, in classical antiquity. It was a form of divination. And, of course, the most popular one that everybody probably knows is probably going to be the Oracle of Delphi. Um, do you know anything about her, Eddie? No, but, you know, I have heard that before, but I do not know anything, so enlighten me on the subject. Okay. Um, this was in the Greek state, and it was at what was called the Pythia. Um, they held court at what was called Pytho. It was a sanctuary of the Delphinians. Uh, it was a sanctuary of the Greek god Apollo. And... Um, there's a number of oracles that happened back then as far as um, it wasn't just the Oracle of Delphi, but a lot of a lot happened through the Oracle of the Delphi and that she was sought out a lot 
for her prophecy, for her wisdom, for her anything having to do with the state or the government of the Greek nation. And she had to be pretty important, Eddie, to, to be sought out for, for the Greek nation. I mean, um, the Greeks were well known for what they were and what they become, not only in um, the curriculum of what we call uh, prophecy and or knowledge. They had a library that was one of the best in the world. I mean, the best in the world. And for them to sit there and, and, and literally seek out the Oracle of Delphi on what they should do in military matters or governmental affairs, she had to be way up there in um, the hierarchy and how they, how they uh, uh, saw her as being a part of not only the existence of Greek and Greece, but the people of the whole nation. Wow. Yeah, see, I, I've always heard that name, but I never really understood where it came from. Yeah, there was there was um, some others. There was five other oracles around the area, around the Greek state. And um, these were Dodona, Triophanus. Uh, this one, I can't hardly uh, say the name. And then there was Comaya and Delphi. And so all these oracles, they were very important part of what the people themselves sought out as far as knowledge, prophecy, um, anything, anything that had to do with, with what was going to happen in the future. And so from there, Eddie, we, we, just, um, we just go on even more further into the um, idea of who these people are. Um, let me ask you real um, quick, Rick. How accurate were these people as far as their predictions? Well, if you, um, I'm going to say 50, 50, uh, even more so maybe 60, 40. Um, there's been a lot of the, um, a lot of, a lot of it was talked about how and what happened when they gave their predictions and, or when they went into their trance and everything, it was later found out that the Oracle of Delphi uh, there was copious amounts of gas and different things coming up into the cave where she was at. And so she was affected basically by outside influences, you might say. But she did go into a trance and she did go into um, a deep state of thought, as it was called. And she would see things and she would say things and, and everything that she would said and done was affected by this trance that she was in. And this happened to all the other oracles too that was around and in the state of a uh, state of Greece and everything else like that. And they called that, they called this and other places that the, these oracles were at, they called it the portals through which the gods spoke. And if you knew anything about Greek mythology, they had a number, a number of gods that they um, believed in that they worshiped, that they walked with, that they talked with every day, Eddie. Wow. And uh, it, was a it was a spiritual walk with them, with these gods, as far as in the Greek mythology of Poseidon and Zeus and Apollo and different things like that, that these, these people literally believed in. And they, um, they loved it. They literally loved their gods. They, if you go over to Greece, even now, you can see the remnants of some of the um, great cathedrals, you might call them, 
uh, temples and things like that that they built that have been around for over 5,000 years, and they're still there, that they built for these gods and these oracles. That's impressive. And, I mean, people people think about these gods, these oracles, and, and... and mediums and things of that effect. Um, I think probably one of the most well-known is going to be Nostradamus, and I know he falls in there somewhere in your line of talking. Um, what can you yes, tell us about does. him? Mm-hmm. Well, Nostradamus was in was uh, literally uh, he's the big boy. Okay, <laughs> he's the one that everybody seems to know is something about somewhere along the line because. Um, he died in 1556, and and before he died, he wrote a book called The Less Prophetes, and it's a book of poetic quatrains that he literally, literally wrote. And all of these quatrains that you're talking about, somewhere along in the order of time and space, Eddie, these quatrains, a lot of them come true, not only in the early 14, 1500s, but all the way through the 16 and 17. And, and um, he even wrote a, a something for the 2021. And um, I, it's, it's uh, pretty long that he wrote what he wrote and everything. But it, uh, what I found was that he said, there's going to be few young people, half dead zombies. In 2021, he said, there's going to be a famine. Thousand die. Thousands of people are going to die because of this famine and that the food banks are going to be overrun, that we're not going to have enough food for the world to, to, to consume. And um, then the good one is that he's predicting an asteroid is going to hit um, planet Earth sometime in 2021. Oh, great. Well, Eddie, there's, yeah, Eddie, there's been two near misses already, one that was uh, the size of a small planet that missed us on Christmas Day. Um and then one that was the size of a pickup that zoomed by on Friday the 13th of last year. You know, it, it's pretty sad, so Rick. It's I mean, <laughs> Rick, Rick, I mean, you got to look at it like this, buddy. I mean, so much stuff actually takes place and happens that we're not even aware of. You know, I mean, exactly. this is stuff that takes place that we go about our everyday lives. And if we don't know it's taking place, you know, we're, we're wandering around with, you know, our head stuck in the sand. And we have no idea. And and these are things that, whether they come true or not, I think they should be put out just so people can have an idea and be expecting the unexpected if that's what the case may lead or may be. Eddie, that, it, that is so true, but at the same time, you have the factor and the faction of the church that has literally shut down a lot of this kind of stuff. I know that even when I was in college, uh, to mention Nostradamus or anybody else that was in the quote paranormal, so to speak, because paranormal wasn't even spoke about when I was in college. It wasn't anything around called the paranormal. It was the twilight zone or, or the supernatural, some, some kind of uh, right, right, exactly. And so when you talked about Nostradamus or you brought him up or anything else like that, there's another one that will come up that's very popular as far as what happened. Um, And this is not only in the essence of what Nostradamus did, 
But these are the psychics and the clairvoyants. These are the fortune tellers, the prophets, the seers, the soothsayers, and things like that. They all have something to do with the supernatural, as you say. And as they come forth and everything else like that, so did the church. I mean, the church was very, very strong in putting a lot of these people down. I mean, literally, too. Um, they were, um, in some instances, they were stoned. In some instances, they were jailed and imprisoned for the rest of their life. Nostradamus was on the run and basically um, hid in different countries so that he could uh, actually continue his writings. And um, so, yeah. These people, even though they have been a part of our lives for centuries, centuries, um, it wasn't an easy life for them. It was not an easy life because people feared them because of what they might be able to do. Um, like I said, they've, they've been instrumental in governmental affairs, believe it or not. Jeannie Dixon was one of the um, psychics that foretold of John Fitzgerald Kennedy's assassination. And she also predicted the name of the killer. And that, I mean, that just is really, I don't know, that blew me away when I found, I knew she had something to do with, um, um, oh, with, with John Fitzgerald Kennedy and, and the prediction there. But the fact that she had named the killer was, wow. I couldn't believe that. You know, Rick, I mean. She went on. What's that? With with these people that are able to predict, I mean, and, and you can see that they have a certain amount of accuracy. Why don't, or I should say, why doesn't the government pay more attention to what these people are saying and try and look into what's going to take place and maybe prevent it? Or is this something that is just uh, so far out there that they don't want to mess with? What What's going on with that? Well, there again, Eddie, you're talking about what we call the paranormal, okay? Um, and yet at the same time, and I'm not saying this is bad, okay? So everybody that is listening, don't take this wrong, okay? But in the Bible, okay, there was, are so many prophecies. In the Bible, there are so many predictions. Um, the Bible, as I put it one time, it's probably one of the most paranormal books that was ever written. There's not been one like it since. I'll agree with that. And you find those things in the, I'll, I, you find everything in the Bible of what Jesus said, what the prophets said, what the elders of the old Testament said, clear up in from Exodus all the way up into the book of revelations. And uh, I'm going to touch on that here in a little bit, because what happens in revelations is, whoa, and this is just actually what I say, that the predictions of what's going to happen. John of Patmos sat there and wrote what he saw. And what he saw was the end time of the world. And this coincides, Eddie, with a lot of other beliefs. I couldn't believe what I found when I was going through all this and, and found that the, the Hindu, the Buddhist, um, all of these religions that you have, Catholicism, um, every one of them have an end time story of prophetic and prophecy that is talking about the end of the world. And that this is something that has been um, brought forth, not only 
in the early stages of mankind, but have have been have been talked about for eons, and yet a lot of people don't want to listen to it, hmm. and a lot of people don't want to uh, listen to the astrology or the psychic or the prophet or the soothsayer or the seer or whatever you want to call it, because there's something about that, Eddie, that people just don't want to grasp hold of. It might be because they don't want to look into the other side. I know the first few times that I looked at the other side, it was kind of scary. You know, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know. I didn't have any knowledge of what was going on in the spirit world. And really, if you want to know the truth, I mean, as, as long as you and I have been around in the uh, paranormal and everything, we've barely scraped the top of what the paranormal really is about. I mean, oh, yeah. we have technology. But, you know, I tell people all the time, I yeah. mean, this is something that we're all still learning. There's, I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface of it yet. No, not at all. And you have people like um, Jeannie Dixon, okay? She was... Uh, right beside John Fitzgerald Kennedy, the highest office in the United States of America, the presidency. She walked with him and talked with him and his wife about predictions of what was going to happen. She, like I said, she was prophetic and she predicted his um, assassination and the name of his killer. She also predicted, Eddie, Ted Kennedy's accident. But when that accident had Ted Kennedy, what did people say when they found out that she was correct? It was it was kind of like, wow. Uh, she was held in high esteem, basically, by not only the world of her uh, constituents, because you have to be pretty damn bold, Eddie, to make a prediction like that. Okay. Oh, by the way, if you go in Daily Plaza, you're going to be killed. And this guy's going to be the one that's going to assassinate you. You have to be pretty bold, uh, especially in that time in 1962 and 1963. Um, she predicted also the assassination of uh, Mahara Gandhi. And she also predicted the, this woman named Carol Lombard's death by an airplane. Wow. And so... How, how do they do this? You know, this is something that has intrigued me to no end. And that it is something that no matter if it's Jeannie Dixon or Ruth Montgomery or Baba Vanga or uh, Edward Casey. I don't know if you ever heard that name, but these are some yeah, of the names Edward Casey of the big, I have. big boys. What's that? Edward Casey, I have heard. Yeah. These are some of the big names that you will you will see um, bounced around in the world of astrology. You'll see it in the psychic world. You'll see it in prophecy and um, everything like that. And we have to sit there and wonder, how do these people have this ability? Where do they get it? You know, and I know that a lot of it has to deal with them. Um, with the, with the ability to sit there and be in the spirit world, so to speak. I know that in the native world, a lot of the elders that I've talked to, the shamans and people like that, are very gifted in the spirit world. They are beyond what I call my spiritual level, okay? And it has to do a lot with them being able to be 
um, grounded in that belief system and in that uh, ability to see beyond right. the, our, our five senses, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these, these are people, these are people that are, are, have been around for a long time, Ed, long time, Eddie. Wow. Long time. Um, some of these people, this uh, Baba Vanga, she was a Bulgarian. Miss, she was blind. She was a clairvoyant. Yes, I, 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 I know about her. Wasn't she a Russian or something like that or, or Ukrainian? Yeah, mm-hmm. Bulgarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She predicted 9-11 and, and went on to, to predict quite a few things. And one of them that she did predict was, was uh, something about 2021 and 2020. She said the world was going to suffer cataclysms and disasters in 21. It is said that she said a strong dragon will seize the world. Three giants will unite. And that in its, I mean, that's pretty ambiguous right there as far as, I mean, what does this mean as far as a strong dragon? But at the same time, they all spoke in ambiguity, so to speak. But yet we were left to interpret what was actually happening. Some of the things that happened by these um, um, people as far as being psychics and everything, they'd flat come out and tell you, hey, this is what's going to happen. And we walked the borderline, Eddie, between a lot of things as far as people being in astrology, being a psychic, being um, whatever they might be, okay? It walks right down the line of what we have as far as spirituality and different things in the paranormal, even up to the point of premonitions. I don't know if you've ever had a premonition, but I have. Yes. And everything that happened in that premonition the night that I saw that come true about three days later. I think everything. I think everybody has some sort of psychic ability. It's a matter of being able to tune into it. And that's the difference between our, the people that we call psychics and regular people is that the psychics know how to tune into that ability but I think everybody at some point or another has had some sort of psychic vision, uh, a thought, a vision. You know, something happened where, you know, even a deja vu, where mm-hmm. I think everybody's got this ability. It's just a matter of learning how to touch into it. And I know uh, Darren Wedlock, who's in, out in the chat with us right now, He's I, I remember him telling us that he's had experiences with uh, being able to uh, channel or... or or see things as well and so i think he's more i think people that let her like darren uh can become very in tune with themselves and as you also rick because i mean you've had some very incredible uh uh visions yourself and uh mm-hmm. i think that pretty much everybody has this ability it's just a matter of learning how to tune into them uh it's like tuning that radio station where you can hear it clearly you know it's just getting that frequency just right and, and I think that's the difference that separates a lot of people. Exactly. I was very, very interested in what McGill and you guys were doing with the frequency uh, levels that you were experimenting with at one time at those locations. And uh, I think you guys are hitting it right on the head. I think if you'd continue with what you're doing, you'd, you'd find more and more um, how that that just actually 
coincides with what it means to sit there and be in tune like you say yeah because i mean i think everything works off frequency and it's a matter of tuning yourself into those frequencies in order to get the most out of it and i think we're at the the baby stages we're learning everybody's you know either learning or they've shut it off completely because they it freaks them out or you know think of this as as well how many people are right now locked up in a padded cell because they're experiencing things that they're not uh real sure of they don't know what's going on and what if that frequency just opened up on them and it's got them confused and they don't know what they're what they're dealing with what if a lot of these mental issues are actually people with a heightened senses of psychic ability that have turned it on and really don't know what to do with it that's very true that is very true because i truly believe that we have yet to even scrape the very top of what you call as far as the mental um mental capacities of people let alone the people that have these abilities it's also very scary to people because you have these psychics and these mediums working together hand in hand with law enforcement, Eddie. There are people that are able to sit there and go into what they call remote viewing and go into different areas of the psychic abilities and talk about some of the cases that have been cold for 10, 15, 20 years and guide the police to exactly this location where these people might be located. There's people that are working with the police even now that are um, talking about lost children, about where they can be found and things like that. And these people are just like you and me, Eddie, but it's so strange. I mean, I say strange. I, I don't like that word because it denotes that it might be something that we don't understand. And, and that may be true. We don't understand how these people, you know, tune in, like you say, because we are electric, electrical matter, Eddie. If you look at you and me right now, you see the physical S that you are and what I am right now as I'm talking. But in the spirit and in the soul or in the embodiment of what I am outside or inside of my physical body, what is it? A lot of people say that it's energy. And energy denotes electrical ability. And this is what they mean as far as being able to tune in on the different frequencies of what you were talking about, Eddie. Right. And we've got uh, Marcus Canales on here. He says, in history, there were those that were either schizophrenic or truly psychic were burnt at the stake. And you're right, Marcus. That w happened a lot. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is yes, right. Sir. Yes, he is right. And well, these are, you know, Sylvia Brown was another one. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's world-renowned psychic and spiritual leader. But she was the one that I was telling you about that was famous uh, for telling parents where their children, missing children are. Mm -hmm. She was on Larry King. She was on Montel Williams. And um, she also made a prediction about 2021 because I like these predictions that en encompass where we're at today, Eddie because a lot of these people still have a validity in our show. A lot of the people still have a validity in what's happening and transpiring in our world today. And it's amazing because if you listen to these people, 
you can actually walk through the actual world that they themselves see when they go into these trances, when they go into their state of being, so to speak. Right. And um, I know for myself, I know for myself, a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't realize that if you actually are grounded, literally grounded, you know, to this world, to this earth, as far as being grounded, it opens up the, the third eye even that much more to where you have that capability and you have that desire and that ability to sit there and look beyond the physical five senses that you have and go into the spiritual world. Wow. So we're going to take a quick break, Rick. What are we, what are you going to have for us on the second half once we come back? Oh, I've got some more. I've got some more people that are psychics and mediums um, that we're going to talk about. And uh, I've got some other predictions about 2021 and um, what's going to transpire. What wow. is literally going to transpire as they put it. I'm looking in forward to that. To come in 2021. I'm looking forward to hearing that uh, real quick, though. Uh, Darren says globalists don't even see us as mysterious souls, just educated animals. And uh, Marcus says, Native Americans who smoked a little peyote had visions. The peyote was sort of the key to the spiritual world. And I think a lot of those uh, mind-altering drugs that were used by a lot of the Native Americans really helped them to connect a lot and quite possibly actually took them into the other side. It did. And uh, But we're going to take a quick break, everybody. We're going to play a couple. A little uh, bit of that. We're going to play a little tune, and when we get back, Rick's going to tell us what the future holds in 2021. Armageddon time is coming soon. The fires will turn us all into dust. And we will be judged one last time. Your son and me The days will turn black You soon will see Soon we'll all be swinging from that tree Pray your neck breaks when the rope is taut Pray your mother isn't there to see Stay. 
time is coming soon The fires will turn us all into dust And we will be judged one last time You, your son and me live with you guys once again this is paranormal analytical i'm your host eddie hill along with my other host rick warren so rick you're going to let us know what 2021 holds with these prophets and prophecies um yeah it's just incredible how correct some of these people are as far as being so long ago like nostradamus and some of these others and being able to predict so many things that have taken place. I mean, it's incredible. It's almost like a, it's almost like, you know, you're watching a preview of future events, I guess, when that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let me add, I'm going to take a minute here and just basically, this is the outline in which um, I laid this out as far as we have psychics, we have clairvoyants, we have fortune tellers, we have prophets, we have seers, and we have soothsayers. Okay, any one of these people that falls into these categories, as far as what I just mentioned, um, basically, it's they say that they are living outside the sphere of physical science, mm-hmm. sensitive. Uh, or supernatural forces and influences. Now that's what that is what they say. That's what they are. Um, I know that when I first ran into my first witch, she was a bruja, Spanish for witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw things. She did things. I went to the Hogans and uh, watched what they did as far as their um, ceremonies. And it just literally enthralled me, Eddie. I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted to find out what they had. And I see where, and I can see where they have followings, okay? All of these people that I just mentioned, especially Nostradamus, Edgar Casey, Jeannie Dixon, um, the Sylvia Brown, they all had followings. Now, this is a dangerous precept to sit there and, and look into sometimes because there are those, Eddie, that you don't want to follow, okay? 
We right. have like the Reverend Jim Jones. Exactly, because I mean, uh, you, you do have the psychopaths. You know, that, that, yeah, yeah. Um, what was his name? Uh, Charles Manson. People like that, you know, that literally will take you to another world, if you want to call it that. And actually, there's no return. And those are the those are the dangerous ones. Those are the ones that we have to sit there and be very careful. And a lot of people fall victim to that because just like me, I was enthralled with it, Eddie. I wanted to know more. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to feel what that was all about. But I saw that it was going into a darker, 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 and darker stage of everything that I was learning from her and him. And I had to get away. And I, I don't know what would happen had I stayed, but I know that I had to get away. And I ran as far as, as fast as I could away from that. And um, it's something that you have to be very careful when you start going into this, into this type of uh, influence that these people have on you. But um, this Sylvia Brown, I was telling you about Eddie, uh, like I said, she was on the Larry King show. Um, we were, and she was with Montel Williams. Okay. In two th- in 2008, this Sylvia Brown on a live show nationwide predicted a severe pneumonia-like, um, yes, a severe pneumonia-like would spread across the world and across the globe. Now, what is happening today? We have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. She predicted this in 2008. And she said it will vanish and reappear 10 years later, but it will still be around. But it, uh, it, this is what happened starting in 2020. She said that that's when it was going to start. And all at once here we have this pandemic, you know. So we've got and this thing amazing. going and according to her prophecy, we're going to have it. It's going to go away and then it's going to come back 10 years from now, probably a different strain of it. Right. Exactly. Eddie, we're already seeing the mutation of what this thing is. You know, we're already seeing uh, different countries coming up with the different mutations of what this coronavirus is. Um, I know that to be true because I remember when this year, Eddie, I went down, got my flu shot. I rolled up my sleeve and said, there you go. And she hit me with the shot and she looked down she goes, well, Rick, there you go. And I said, what? She goes, well, I just inoculated you against eight different strains of the flu virus. And I said, that is fantastic. She goes, that's the good news. The bad news is, Rick, she says there's eight more out there that we can't even touch. Yeah. And not and only that, but going on with this. this is what's going on right now. Right. And you got to remember, according to the CDC, the flu vaccine is only 32 percent effective. 32 percent. Right. Yeah. But yet every time yeah. I get the flu vaccine, I get sick as a dog. <laughs> I know I I I laugh with you, Eddie, because I know people, I know the people in my family and and friends and everything, they they no, they they almost oh they cringe at the fact of having to go get a flu shot. See, I won't take but them they anymore. Say, yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say. They say that if you quit taking it, it's going to be detrimental. Well, I know people that have quit and haven't taken it for four or five years, and they're just fine. It's been longer than that for so me. So it's fifty this or fifty that. 
Yeah, it's been longer than that for what, me. Since you took I, it? They, they made me take it when I was in the military, along with God only knows what else that they were sticking in me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I had, you know, all kinds of stuff. But it's been since, it's been a long time, I think since probably, I want to say 20, 2011, something like that, when I last got the flu shot. Mm. And, and, and I, where are and, we going with this technology? And, and I've been and fine. Thing as far as, I mean, yeah. Um, we have a lot of the people that are psychics and that are uh, prophetic and everything else like that that will walk hand in hand with each other and talk about predictions of what's going to happen. Um, Nostradamus also predicted the Black Plague. There's a lot of the different uh, aspects of um, prophecy that have come true. And these people that were predicting this stuff live thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are, you know, um, this one lady that I was telling you about this Sylvia Brown. She also predicted nine 11. She also predicted that Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be the governor for California. Really? This was in 2008. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And he, become, yeah, he became governor of the United States. She also predicted that two people would be arrested for the OKC bombing. And this was way before it, before it ever happened. Right. And uh, she was right. You know, um, McVeigh and I can't think of the other guy's name, Dad Gimmon, I just had it a while ago and I can't think of it right now, but yeah, it is, it is just fascinating, Eddie, where these predictions and where all these type of people that just come out of the, well, out of nowhere, out of just obscurity sometimes and have this ability to sit there and predict and be able to see things and do things. Marcus uh, Canales says George, George Orwell's 1984. Might yeah. want to elaborate yeah. a little bit more on that, Mark, too. Marcus. I'm sorry, Rick. Yeah. I said I, I looked at him, too. Uh, the last one that this uh, Sylvia Brown predicted was that there would never be, never, ever would John Benet Ramsey's case ever be solved. And to this date, nothing has been solved about that case. Who was that other, that other, that medium can't think of his name, young guy that would travel around and talk to family members that were deceased from his audience. I cannot think of his John Edwards, John Edwards, anything on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, he is, he's got a very, very big following. Um, this is his forte. Eddie is to be able to sit there and take people from the audience people that he's never met and there is i mean a lot of people said well he's got a he's got a microphone in his ear he's talked to these people prior to the show he's done this and he's done that and literally they have taken mr john edward and they allowed the crew to come in as an audience not anybody talked to this man and they had cameras they had microphones on him they had doors locked 
to where he could not hear or could not see or could not be involved in anybody in that audience. And when he walked out on stage, he started calling out names, you know, lady in the third row, fourth seat, gentleman in the sixth row, in the ninth seat, your daughter is such and such and such. And I mean, the clarity, the accuracy of which he actually talked about these people's mission and, and what was transpiring, not only physically, but mentally, was outstanding, Eddie. Now, they have never proven that any of his stuff was faked, correct? No, they never have. Never have. But yet he is extremely um, accurate. Then, I, I remember watching him several times, and I was in awe at the accurate, at how accurate he really was when he was speaking to these people. I mean, so much so where, I mean, and you got to remember, people are going to be yelling, uh, false, false, you know, this isn't a tilt, you know, there, there's something wrong with this, you know, he's not right. But it's all, it's, so far it's all true. They haven't been able to prove it, uh, that it's faked. None of it, none of it. And there's been people, um, even way back when, I say way back when, remember Harry Houdini? Yes, Okay. During the 1920s and 30s, when he was around, and there was a gentleman named Edgar Casey, okay, that I had mentioned before. Um, he was clairvoyant. He was he was able to channel. And a lot of times, Harry Houdini went to these different uh, seances and these different readings and things like that because a lot of the places that were holding the seances and the readings and everything, well. They were just flat out fake. He was bound and determined to find these charlatans, as he called them, and shout them out and say, "Hey!" He was uh, he was a very much a skeptic as to what was going on in the world of not only the the seer, clairvoyant, and anything having to do with that time. And at the time, here's this Mister Ed, Edgar Casey. He was um, from 1877 to 1945. He was a clairvoyant and a channeler. Uh, he founded the Associate, Association to Research and Enlightenment. And he would go into the same type of deep trances, Eddie, and basically answer questions on healing. He would answer questions on reincarnation. He would answer questions on dreams and the afterlife. But at the same time, this was kind of like a very, he didn't know if it was a gift or if it was a curse because he was a very devout Christian, Eddie. And the church itself come against him because he was doing this. Well, there's so a very fine line. A living or act. Yeah, there's a very fine line between having something as a gift and having something as a curse. Because for some, mm -hmm. it's a gift. For some, it's a curse. And... I think it depends on the person's ability to control. Now, uh, Marcus says that he would basically debunk frauds, uh, Houdini would. But at the same time, there were very many people who actually felt Houdini was the real deal, that he had really special abilities. And uh, there's a lot of magicians that have tried to recreate some of his... Uh, I guess for a lack of better words, illusions. And uh, they haven't been mm -hmm. able to. 
No. So I don't know. They, there are a lot. There are a lot of his illusions, as they say, that he did. That um, even in Las Vegas right now, um, Chris Angel. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. He is one of the David yep. Copperfield people. Like that, have um, basically followed Houdini. And that's who they learned from was being able to do the illusions, different things like that. And they will tell you there are things that we have not, have yet to do and and want to know more about what happened with Mr. Houdini. Um, I get I get I get a big thrill out of watching the levitations and the different things that they do oh. right there in Las Vegas. Yeah, Chris Angel <laughs> is amazing. I mean, he is amazing mm-hmm. with, with the things that he can do. Uh, I've watched him before, and I'm sitting there looking on TV going, how in the hell does he do this shit? (laughs) You know, just leaves you stumped. Exactly. But even more amazing is the fact that some of these people, these prophets, are able to predict what happens many years in the future, but at the time, you don't know if it's real or not until the day comes. And... uh, like Nostradamus, I mean, if he would have been telling us some of the stuff that he foretold way back when, we'd have looked at him like he's an idiot. You know, like you know, you've been exactly you, you've been taking too many uh, hallucinogens. You need to like you know chill out a little bit. But now we see that a lot of the stuff that he talked about actually came true. And I, and I find that interesting too, Eddie's because of the military. Our military, the United States of America military, picked up on this um, remote viewing, picked up on the channeling, picked up on the uh, senior, so to speak. Way back in the 1930s and 40s, they started a project that they spent a lot of money on. And so did Russia, because they wanted to be the first one to be able to uh, have a person that could do the things that they were requiring them to do in the military to see what was happening on the other countryside, see what kind of militarization was going on, see what kind of training was going on. And they spent millions, Eddie, we did. And and what was scary about that was the fact they did it to our own people, Eddie. They sat there and started experiments on our own people with LSD and different hallucinogenic drugs like that. And actually, there are lives that was lost because of this. Oh, the, the CIA was big into I'm this. Talking about, say again, please. I said, yeah, the CIA was big into that, and they didn't care who they jacked up. No, no. And we still do it. I remember when my brother was in Vietnam, some of the stuff that he told me as far as what happened there with the people that come in and uh, basically um, uh, drugged different people and took them away. Um, man, unbelievable what mm-hmm. they are doing with with some of the stuff that they have learned, you know. But getting back to the remote viewing and everything, this has been not only a military interest, but a police interest, too. Um, there's people even, I, I don't know if you've ever run into it, Eddie, but there's people that sit there and talk about cold cases that talk about, um, the cases that are 15, 20 years old, you know, oh, yeah. and they're able to go back and actually sit back in, in a remote, in a room by themselves and sketch out floor plans, able to see creeks and rivers and hills 
buildings, two-story, three-story, whatever it might be, and sat there and accurately tell somebody what the license plate number might be, be able to tell you what kind of car they drove, what color hair they had, everything like that, which is, I mean, you really have to be in tune to do that, Eddie. I mean, you have to be really, really capable and um, very, very astute with what you do. Right. And then Marcus says, going back to 1984, George Orwell uh, wrote that book in 1949 to have the vision of what was to come. And also, looking at the remote viewing, uh, there was a, a guy that actually remote viewed uh, supposedly to the moon, to the dark side of the moon, and was looking at Ooh. buildings and complexes and things of that nature. And at one point in time, he had to get out of that trance because apparently they saw him while he was remote viewing. Somehow they noticed him there, according to his story. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Now that you brought that up, I, I yeah, I remember that. But this is the thing, though, Eddie, that gets me is that we as people, we as individuals, we want the knowledge. We want to know what's going on around us and everything. But at the same time, when people like Edgar Casey or, or Nostradamus or Jeannie Dixon or my, my Edward, uh, this guy named Mike Edward, that's even going around today doing what he's doing and everything. Um, <laughs> it scares them. And maybe rightfully so, because if you don't know what's actually happening or what's taking place, we are a people that want control. We want to be in control of our lives. We want to be in control of our money. We want to be in control of, of well, basically every damn thing we do, Eddie. And if something come on that disrupts that ability to control, we have a fear of that. And sometimes the fear of the unknown keeps us from actually learning more about us as far as being human. Absolutely. And I think you see a lot of that in today's society with everything that's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who can predict what tomorrow's going to bring as far as what's happening in our government right now? Who can predict what's going to happen tomorrow in the world affairs concerning what's going on in everything that is transpiring right now? Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up in another world, Eddie. This day's gone. And yet at the same time, there's people that sit there and have that ability and they want to, and, and these people are in the United States government payroll right now, sitting in think tanks, sitting in places that have, we don't even know where they're at, but they're there. And they have these think tanks and everything else like that, that they tell everybody and anybody that's around them what they see and what's, what's going to transpire. And that's what they're hired for. And that's amazing to me. Yes. And Marcus says, sadly, we can smell it coming. Yes, we can. And I already feel like I'm in a different <laughs> world. Honestly, I really do. I wake up every day going, what's next? And here's the funny part. What are your thoughts on everything around us being a program or us being in some sort of a matrix? Because I know a lot of people have talked about that and feel that a lot of the psychic abilities is because 
it's a program and we're out and sometimes we're privy to some of it what do you think about that you cannot throw that um you cannot throw that away in any shape or form because that is a very viable uh subject in that we might just be you know because we've been programmed as americans since our first presidential candidate came forth this is for the goodness of the united states of america this is how your family will run this is the religion that you will believe in this is the food that you will eat this is what you're going to do 24 hours a day you're going to pay taxes yada 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 and we get programmed eddie and that is a matrix when you sit there and actually look i mean to me I've said this before. I said, I, I don't think I really, I think there's more to life than just waking up, going to work, paying taxes and dying. I would hope so. And somewhere along that, that venue right there, somewhere along there, there's a spiritual part of what we are as far as mankind and what we are as far as people and what I am as far as a person and you are. And these people that have these abilities like this, Eddie have reached down inside their inner self somehow and taken a hold of that and brought it forth as a reality to share with the people, not to hurt, not to harm, but to influence maybe what might transpire and we can do something different. Well, like Marcus said, that's a deep, deep ocean, but it is an ocean. And somewhere in that deep, deep ocean is the truth. And although all of us are swimming around like goldfish, you know, eventually, at some point, we may run into what the truth really is. We just have to keep looking. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to keep looking into these people, too, because I want to know what they know. I want to hear what they have to say. And that's what's cool about us in America is that we have that ability, ability to differentiate between what is real and what is not real and what we want to believe and then maybe just tuck something back away for another day. And I want to know what these oracles of long ago are still saying. I want to know what these people that open the portals to the different uh, time and space, infinity and gods, what they have to say about what's going on. And that's, that's intriguing to me because I don't feel like I'm in danger when I do that, Eddie. I feel like I'm gaining knowledge of something that maybe might help you or me or the world or something like that. Well, like Marcus says, alluding to the show X-Files, the truth is out there, but in this life or the next, good question, you know, and, and, and he's right. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But we've got about uh, two minutes, Rick, before we got to start doing our closing uh, comments. You want to get into a little bit about, uh, what 2021 holds which you found out well it's not good <laughs> well go figure um there's two of the, there's there yeah there's two of the uh, people one was nostradamus and the other one was actually casey and actually there was three baba vanga um the bulgarian mystic and um every one of them even though they are from different countries and live in a different time, were born and died at a different time, every single one of them, Eddie, has said that in the year 2021 is the beginning of sorrow. And that's that's 
pretty pretty heavy when all these psychics and all these oracles and all these people that are that are have this ability start their subject out by saying this will be a time of sorrow i looked in the book of revelations i looked in other books of the bible i looked in uh, some of the quatrains i looked in a lot of the zen and the buddha and hinduism and things like that and a lot of them even the mayan calendar has said that this will be a, a world that is going to suffer and that we're going to be going into famines, that we're going to be going into war upon war with nation against nation. And those are things that even though we don't want to look at them, Eddie, it's a probability as you look at the world right now with China, North Korea, Iran, Syria, all of the people like that that want to commit jihad and things like that against other nations because, well, we just believe we're right. And it's, and it's the food situation is getting now because of what's happening. Um, I'm not going to say it's climate or anything like that because that opens up a bank of worms too. But we're looking at a world um, commodity shortage. We're looking at a time when there's not going to be enough food around the different provinces around the world, Africa, Nigeria, Syria, different places like that to where they can't just go down to the Dillon store or whatever convenience store there is and pick up a gallon of milk. They've got to wait on trucks and ships to come in to bring them their food. And they're not going to be able to get that is what they're saying. And it's scary when you think about that because I've never had to suffer that, Eddie, as far as starvation or hunger. And yet this is what we're looking at. Well, and we're looking at other things in the sky as far as the cataclysmic things is coming from outer space, too. Yeah. And like uh, Marcus says, I worry the national debt is going to collapse our nation into that darkness. Which it very well might. That's very true. And it looks like the, these uh, yeah. Yeah. predictions... Uh, they saw Nancy Pelosi in the house. I guess uh, <laughs> that's why it's such a world of sorrow. <laughs> but uh, we won't go into that. We'll yeah. go into that tomorrow night yeah. Yeah. with uh, political analytical. But um, yeah, we have a lot but, to yeah. say about that one. But no, I agree. I mean, it, and it's 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 a sad thing to think that twenty twenty one looks so gloomy, so so dim. Hang on a second, stripe. Come here. Uh, this is what you're hearing. <laughs> Mine is asleep in my chair right now. She takes over my chair <laughs> every night. <laughs> uh, chihuahuas. So, yeah. Uh, let's yeah. go with closing statements, Rick, because uh, we are out of time, brother. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, even though. It might be a time of doom and gloom, so to speak. I think every one of us need to sit there and wake up in the morning and, and be thankful for what we do have and for the friends that we have and for the people that we have in our lives and for everything that we have as far as not only monetary, but the physical things. Because if you look down the street, you might find somebody that, that has a lot less than you. And if you can be that person to make somebody else's day, I think that makes the world a lot more special when you have people that are willing to give and be able to talk with people and be around people to where they have something 
to offer to one another. I agree. And, you know, uh, I think as long as we continue to help each other and we're there for each other, you know, do try and do something good at least once a day. That's all I got to say. You know, you, you try and do something good for somebody at least once a day, even if it's letting somebody get in front of you in line or whatever the case might be. But, uh, you know, like uh, Marcus says, I mean, it's one day at a time and we we have to take it one day at a time right now. The, the world seems to be falling apart. There's a lot of uh, despair, a lot of uh, people that are angry, a lot of division in our world. But if we can come together, even in such things as a paranormal and do things that we can still find a common ground with, I think that is a, it's a start and we need to get it everything back in order yes. again. But uh, just want to say that, you know, from Paranormal Analytical, we love all of you. We appreciate you all joining the show. We appreciate you all listening. Keep your heads up. Stay happy. Keep working toward a better future. Uh, remember, we're going to be back again next Saturday at 8 p.m. Central. This time we were a little bit late, but we managed to get on there. And uh, we love having the show, and we love having you guys show up and uh, put your comments out there. Rick, great topic tonight, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I enjoy every time that we get together, Eddie. Thank you for having me. I absolutely enjoy it. So until next time, everybody, from Paranormal Analytical, we love you guys. Stay safe. Be strong. Keep your eyes to the sky. Keep watching. There's a lot of UFOs going on. And uh, let's see what other yes, stories we can come up with for uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Okay. All right.